The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer. And I'm glad to be here each and every Thursday talking horses with you, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, here on Winning Ponies. Lots of fun. That's my radio voice. You like that? Like that sounds about as fake as a salesman with a blinking bow tie. Nah, that's really me. My man Dion. Now that guy's got the radio voice. The guy's the producer. He can make the menu and make uh, McDonald's sound good. Ball keeps rolling here on Winning Ponies, and that's a good thing. Exotic predictions. Now get a hold of this. $8.7 million in growing. 8.7. Now that's for the year. That's pretty good. We've got testimonials, past results, for you to check it out, see what people are saying. See what your neighbors are talking about. It worked in first grade, and it works to this day as well. Past results, they do not change. If we stuck it up on the card, you know. And if we blew it out, well, then we hope you were aboard. We're not just an Internet show. We're on Twitter, Facebook, have blogs, free selections, free selections from Belmont the other day. There were three selections, two winners, and a scratch. Can't help the scratch. But, hey, hope you were aboard. Easy to use color-coded tiers that span from the new fan to the hardcore handicapper. Go ahead and check things out, www.winningponies.com. Got to love it. Check it out. What's happening tonight, we're going to do a recap of last week. We're going to talk about some big ends. Nope, not a men's magazine. We're going to talk about big ends. Those are payoffs, exotic predictions for winning ponies. As I said, $8.7 million and growing. Got a little weekly story for you. This week's special guest is Racing Secretary Keeneland. Beautiful Keeneland opens his boutique meet. That's our special guest this week at Keeneland Racecourse. The Racing Secretary in Lexington, Kentucky, Mr. Ben Huffman, joins us. Great guy. One of the good guys in racing. His dad was one hell of a trainer, Blackie Huffman. They kick off the Fall Stars weekend. Maybe Ben will shed a little light on this. Can't wait to hear from him. That's because this is going to be the final show for some preps for the Breeders' Cup. Then we got some news from racing and my favorite, final furlong handicapping. Got to love it. You know, I was just kind of reading along here. Now, Secretariat, dude hit October 8th. That's tomorrow. Here is the Stinkometer, the fresh, rotten borderline. It said, now, how in the hell... Do they already have feelings about this? Now, unless people have already seen previews, like I have, all critics, top critics, et cetera, et cetera, there was 75% per- uh, approval on Wednesday. 75%. That's pretty good. Thursday, mid-afternoon, drops to 59%. Then Thursday, by 5.30, 61%. 
come on, guys. Get something better to do with your time. It's going to be a good family movie. And for hardcore handicappers, we might see gaps in it. It's not going to have a Seabiscuit feel. But trust me, it's going to be like the blind side. That's what they were aiming for. That's what they accomplished. I think the family is definitely going to love it. So, without any further ado, let me jump out to a little recap of last week's action. Get you caught up on things. Belmont Park, October 2nd, race number 10. Jockey Gold Club. Gold <laughs> Cup Stakes. There we go. Grade 1. Winners of 6, Haynesfield. Ramon Dominguez between the years. Wins by 4, going away links. Spurting away handily. 17 bucks to win for Steve Asmussen. Blame runs a beautiful second. I think right about now, a good second is a good prep. There's no shame in that. we got it going backwards here. Also, on the second, race number seven, the Flower Bowl Invitational, a grade one, a mile and a quarter on the inner turf. $500,000 up for grabs. Winners of five, Ave. Javier Castellano rides his great bit and bread. Wins by a dirty head. Be changing skies right up the rail. Waited at the quarter, split him gamely. 23 bucks to win for Roger Adfield, who has been torturing Canada for years. October 2nd, race number 9. We're jumping all around here. The Joe Hirsch Turf Classic Invitational, grade 1. That's a mile and a half on the turf. 500 grand up for grass. Winners of 10, Winchester. Now this runner got busy in a hurry. I remember Winchester... When he actually won at Kentucky Downs. Ever since Rosemary Homemeister touched Winchester, the story has gotten sweeter. Winchester wins by a solid length, four wide, quarter at the clear. Held on to win pay at 941 for Christophe Clement, Cornelio Velasquez in the Irons. I wonder why Rosemary doesn't have the mount anymore. She did a heck of a job. And you know, I think she did pretty well in the Breeders' Cup, if, I, if it serves me correctly. October 2nd, Belmont, race number 6. The Vosberger, grade 1, winners of 2, Girolamo, Alan Garcia in the Irons. Wins by 2.5 lengths, steadied on the turn. 6.20 to win for Saeed Ben Sawur. Very nice. Also, race number 8 at Belmont. I told you we're jumping around here. They had them a little out of order, but you know what? That's okay. That's A-OK. The results are still the same. The Beldame Stakes, grade one, a mile and an eighth on the dirt. Winner is the one, life at 10. Johnny Velasquez in town in New York, where he rules, wins by two. Three wide bid at the quarter, keep, keeping busy. 490 to win for Todd Pletcher. Probably heard of his name before. Oak Tree at Hollywood Park, race number six. The Norfolk Stakes, grade one. Winner is the seven, Jacito. Mike Smith wins by a solid length, four wide. Comes gamely for Mike Mitchell. There is big talk about Jacito right now. All the buzz is on Jacito. Just put it in your pipe, smoke it at a later time. Oak Tree at Hollywood, race number seven, Lady Secret, grade one, mile on the 16th, winner, Zenyatta. Zenyatta makes it how many? You got it right. She's tied pepper pot. How many is it? Uh, that's, your, that's your question of the day. I'm going to let you think on that. Needs one more victory to break the all-time record and going to run the Breeders' Cup Classic. Wins by half a length. Off a bit slow. Up late. Now, they scratched Rentable out of this race. Rentable 
actually was the loan speed. And Rintable jumped up, reared, and hit her head in the paddock. Zenyatta going 19 for 19, beat switch down the lane. Her stablemate, put out by John Sadler, or excuse me, John Sheriff, excuse me. John Sheriff trains the winner, Zenyatta. John Sadler trains the one switch. Now, I want you to throw a switch in your, in your uh, stable mail, notes, whatever you need. Beautiful three-year-old filly. Switch ran a game race under Alonzo Quinones. I think we'll be hearing things about switch down the lane. Zenyatta, Mike Smith, my goodness, the strides were incredible. Oak Creek Hollywood, race number eight, the yellow ribbon. Winners in nine, Habib. Rafael Bejarano wins by a length three wide game. 860 to win for a Saeed Ben Sawar as they ran a mile and a quarter on the turf for 250 grand. My goodness, the money. Hollywood Park, race number nine, the Goodwood, grade one, a mile and an eighth in the all weather surface. Winners of seven, Richards Kids, Alano Quinones aboard, wins by a half length. Off a bit slow on a rail trip, 1860 to win for Bullet Bob Baffert. Very nice. Parks Racing at Philadelphia Park. I don't know if we're ever going to get over that hump. Parks Racing in Philadelphia, race number 10, the Fitz-Dixon Cotillion Stakes. Don't say that fast, trust me. Grade 2, winners of five, Harvard de Gras. Jeremy Rose and the Irons wins by a dirty neck outside, all out, paying 440 to win. Second was Blind Luck. I said box him up and love it. We've Harvard de Gras, name of a racetrack, no longer, once upon a time. I believe around the Maryland Philly area. Toned by Tony Dutro. Very nice. Hoosier Park, race number 12 on October 2nd. Was the Indiana Derby, grade 2, a mile and 16th on the dirt, $500,000. Looking at Lucky. Came to the Midwest for a reason. It was a, a sloppy sealed track. Circled the field and circled them like they're tied to a post. Wins by a length and a quarter, drawing Claire Martin Garcia. 280 to win for Bullet Bob. I think looking for Lucky poses a big danger on Breeders' Cup Day. Right here, right now, at 8-11 on this day, looking at Lucky as my horse. Hawthorne, race 8 on October 2nd, the, the Gold Cup. Winners the one, Redding, Collery, and Rosie Napravnik. Three parts of a length. Five bucks to win for Kieran McLaughlin. Back to Hoosier Park, race 11, the Indiana Oaks. Can't forget it. It was kind of an afterthought. Why? Mile and 16th on the dirt, the sloppy sealed. Always their princess. Martin Garcia didn't go out for nothing. Wins by three and a quarter lengths. Paying 680 for Bullet Bob Baffert. Talking about a nice trip to Indiana. Went out to the Midwest. Did his thing. Gotta love it. Want to throw it out here? We got a few minutes for the break. And joining us here shortly, waiting on him to be online, will be Mr. Ben Huffman, Racing Secretary at Keeneland. Zenyatta in gear for classic defense. Of the many things that can be said about Zenyatta, this one is certainly true. She has never needed an excuse. Track service, pace, distance, weight. None has mattered. 19 for 19. If you didn't guess that one, shame on you. Twice previously in the ladies' classic in 08, the classic in 09, Zenyatta prevailed. I'm going to tell you what. She got a beautiful... Now, if you're a buyer speed figure person, Zenyatta got 100. Hainesfield, with an impressive four-length win, gets 107. Richard's kid, a buck oh five. Looking at Lucky, a 103. Hmm. I scratch my head. Hainesfield gets a buck oh seven. 
I think Zenyatta was pretty impressive and so was looking at Lucky. Zenyatta came out of the race well, John Sheriff said, and on Sunday morning she was furiously pawing the ground in her stall, anxious to get out for a walk. She's shown so many dementias, Sheriff said. She's truly a blessing. Sheriff said Zenyatta would remain at her home base of Hollywood Park through the end of this month, then ship to Churchill Downs early the week of the Breeders' Cup because there is less of a chance of weather interrupting her training in California as opposed to Kentucky. Now, it's going to be Breeders' Cup time. It could be 73. It could very easily be 53. And it could be raining. I think it's a wise move. Sheriff knows what he's doing. He's a mad scientist. I like this guy. He's got, he's got the moxie. And if you go to see the Secretary movie, you might even equate him to that super fly look of Lucian Lauren. He's, uh, he definitely has his own style. And quite indeed, he's, uh, he knows what he's doing as Zenyatta, so get out of his way. Not knowing what the weather will be, we'll probably wait and go late, Sheriff said. So that being what we have here, we've got to recap. We've got a little touch on Zenyatta. And we are just gearing it up right now. And things are about ready to take off. It is time to head out to a break. And when we return, we're going to be checking in with this week's special guest, Racing Secretary of Keeneland, Mr. Ben Huffman. But you're going to only hear it if you stay tuned here on Winning Ponies. Passing out hundred dollar bills and it kills and it thrills like the horns on my Silverado grill. And I buy the bar double round the crown and everybody... Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccianello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. Thank you for joining us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, because without you, there'd be no us, and we're definitely appreciative of all of your time that you spend with us and perusing the site. Check it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Speaking about not being disappointed, this is our second segment where we have on our special guest of the week. This week, no different. Winning Ponies is honored and pleased to have on again as our racing Guest of the Week, Racing Secretary of Keeneland, and a man whose bloodlines run deep in racing, Mr. Ben Huffman. Ben, are you there? I am here, Ed. Good, good evening. Good evening, sir, and thank you with your busy schedule. And, you know, it, I really appreciate you doing this. The check's in the mail, my friend. <laughs> no, happy to do it. Uh, you do a good job on this show. I like listening, and I'm happy to participate, Ed. Well, thank you, Ben. And uh, if, if anybody has never been to Lexington, Kentucky. If you're looking for a bucket list track, I think Keeneland fits the bill. That uh, I, got, I have to agree with you. I was there. I worked there. I've been there a couple of weeks getting ready for this race meet, and I left there at uh, pushing 6 o'clock this afternoon, and the, the leaves, the trees, uh, the clear blue sky, and then, you know, these giant television trucks are setting up for – the beginning of the Fall Star weekend. There's a huge buzz going on in Keeneland, even right now in the darkness, getting ready for opening day tomorrow. And, yes, that should be on anyone's bucket list. I tell people all the time, Ed, even if you don't like racing or don't know anything about racing, you need to go to, to the racetracks like Keeneland, like Churchill Downs, like Saratoga, you name them. If you can get to those tracks, whether you like horses or not, you need to make the trip. So Keeneland uh, is right at the top of that list, no doubt. There's pageantry, there's beauty, the sights, the smells. I love what my mom used to say. Mm. I just like the way the horses smell. <laughs> and I, I don't think she's talking about uh, caca back, <laughs> back on the backside, but I think just the, the, the smell, and, and you're right there. Yeah. I mean, if, if you've never had the opportunity to go to Keeneland, actually there's two areas where they, you know, they'll, they'll pick up their, their saddling, and then they'll come to the, uh, to the area where, they're, where they're, you'll see them circling. I mean, they're only feet away from you. You'll see some of the best riders in the world, and then they mount up with some of the biggest money people. It's so exciting. Just on an average Thursday, it's the greatest place to be. No doubt, you hit the nail on the head. Ben, if you wouldn't mind, would you refresh our listeners to all of the jobs? If you can remember all of the jobs that you have within a year at various tracks and various meets, we'll just say in 2010. Well, um, it's, it, it is a little simpler these days than it was a few years ago. I'm the racing secretary at, uh, of course, Keeneland, which opens tomorrow, and I'm the racing secretary at Churchill Downs. So, um, I'm lucky enough, and it's an honor to to uh, have those two jobs at two of the most legendary tracks in this country. A few years ago, I was a I was a busier with uh, working at Fairgrounds and Ellis Park, and I've been to Saratoga. I used to really uh, run ragged at all these different tracks, but the last few years, I've been lucky enough to just work Keeneland and Churchill, 
that's been my circuit, and uh, that does, believe it or not, uh, keeps me pretty busy on a year-round basis. But it, they're two great jobs to have, and I'm very, very lucky. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Ben, luck is far and away not part of the equation. I mean, it's hard work and, and, and how you do it. So it just looks effortless. When I see you, you never look rattled. You always, you're always you very professional. And, and, and I'll see you from a distance. I never bother you because I'm usually the guy that's wearing a pair of shorts that hasn't shaved in three weeks and smoking a cigar. So I don't bother to Mr. Huffman on his professional days. But, you know, it's like saying that uh, I own the Yankees, and we'll just say I own the New Orleans Saints last year, <laughs> or, or the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, you're two of the biggest venues out there in the nation. I mean, when you mention Del Mar, Saratoga, Keeneland, Churchill Downs, I think they're in the top. Uh, I'd say they're, they're right there in the top two or three. I mean, no it's, it's incredible. No doubt. And the, and the, the trainers and the jockeys that, uh, that race with us here this fall are keen on it and then the, the, are going to move over to Churchill for the Breeders' Cup. I mean, the best of the best are going to be in the state of Kentucky for the next two months, and uh, I can't wait for it to start tomorrow. I'm as excited as you are because, you know, I had a little lull in the summer. I mean, we do a lot of planning, a lot of preparation for the fall meet, but um, – you know, when the good horses and the, you know, we strive and the, I don't know, we strive to work with the best horses and the best trainers. And we want to see the best races. Well, it starts tomorrow. So I'm very excited. Very it's, excited. It's like ringing the bell and two boxers coming out. I'm chomping at the bit already. I love Keeneland. Ben, long before you assumed the helm of racing, you were a groom for quite a horseman and someone that has played a great role in your love of racing and someone near and dear to your heart. No doubt about it. My father, uh, W.G. Blackie Huffman, that was my dad. Very successful trainer on the Kentucky circuit. And um, I, I walked tots for him. I was a groom for him. I was his assistant trainer. And we won a lot of races. He won a lot of races but before I worked with him, while I worked with him, and then after I uh, became a racing official. And uh, I... Yes, I consider him. He was the best. I mean, he never trained a grade one winner. He was close a couple of times, but he was kind of your uh, everyday Joe. Uh, he 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 didn't have the best horses, but uh, he he got the most out of the horses he did train, and I thought he was pretty good. And uh, that's who I learned from. And I I couldn't have had a better teacher, truly. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I the racetrack is a world within the world. I never heard a, a negative word about the man, and every time he sat on one, and I've told you this a few times, and as a, a man that makes a wager or two in his life, mm. every time Blackie Hubbins sent one over, I had to not only take one, but maybe five looks, even if it was 17 to 1, <laughs> overmatched, I had to take a look, because he brought them over ready, and they always looked like a, like a shiny penny. I mean, they always looked the part. No, no question. He was a, uh, he was a very good caretaker, and he, uh, I don't know, he had a lot of people, a lot of friends of his, uh, older friends, veterinarians, older owners he's been around. He, they even say he had a, he had a sixth sense for, uh, for horses, for all animals, but especially horses. And, you know, he, he knew, he knew a horse was maybe getting, when a horse was getting ready to get sick, he saw that before others. And, you know, he wouldn't run a horse if the horse wasn't a hundred percent. And, so when he did leading to when he did lead them over there, they were ready. They were 100. percent They had no ailments. They had no sicknesses. They didn't have a temperature. They were ready to fire. And uh, you know they, he was he was very good. He was very good. 
I agree 100%, and he'd be awfully, awfully proud of you, how he passed the torch on, and, and you've taken it to not a higher level, but a different level. You kind of moved laterally in the game, and you didn't stay in the barn. You moved to the office, and, and, you're, and you're presenting the game in a professional and, and proper way and protecting the integrity, and, and I think he'd be awfully proud of you. Ben. Well, I appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Those are very kind words. And, uh, you know, I think with some, I guess we all, deep down, we do strive to uh, – to please our parents, and perhaps that's what's going on. But, you know, he taught me how to treat people, and I know what it's like for these trainers on the backside. I know the I know the ups and downs of, you know, when races don't fill or a horse gets beat or a horse gets sick. I've been back there. So I kind of I kind of I understand what these horsemen are going through just because I've been back there. And, you know, I, I do think that's helped me in the job I, I do today. So there's no question about that. Well, Blackie Huffman, thank you for bringing Ben along because – we have a better game, and especially in the great state of the bluegrass state of Kentucky, that uh, we have some of the top-notch racing going on. Ben Tamar kicks off a 17-day meet, kicking off with Fall Stars Weekend. And to the novice, let me tell you what, you better strap on tight, because this is a white-knuckle ride of great goodness. Opening day featuring featuring the grade one $400,000 Darley Alcibiades for two-year-old fillies. Uh, you know, this race... Uh we were for a while, but a week ago, I didn't think we were going to get about six or seven. This thing, uh, it really came together nice. We got some nice fillies showing up, and not only that, um, even the race before the Alcibiades. Just let's uh-huh. not forget about the Phoenix Breeders' Cup. We have some serious. I'm not trying to. I'll get back to the two-year-old fillies, but the Phoenix Breeders' Cup uh, going three quarters. Serious, serious horses in here. Warriors Rewards in there. Uh, this Ron Ellis has sent a future star in this Canonize. We've got the probably the fastest horse in Canada in Hollywood hit. Uh, we got a, a, a young, uh, an inexperienced horse, Wise Dan, that the Charlie Lepresti, that trainer's been on fire this summer. He says this horse is going to be a superstar. And then that that's just the that's just the race before the Darley Alpha. And, and that's a great that's a grade three with all that talent. No kidding. So it, that, uh, a race incredible. like this, hopefully within a year, or two, a couple more fields like this, hopefully this race, uh, and that's kind of what we strive for. We want these grade threes to become grade twos, and the grade twos to come to become grade ones. I mean, the, the, uh, it's years of hard work to get the right horses here because. You know, we you know we want all we want the uh, the grade threes to be upgraded and so on. So that's kind of what we we strive for. So a couple a, a field or two like this year's uh, and some of these horses go on to win some some grade ones or a couple Breeders Cup races. It should be a grade two pretty soon, and and that's what we're, that's what we're looking to do, uh, Ed. In the ninth, it's a beautiful race. It's eight competitive, I mean, competitive runners. People as well, well, there's not 19. There doesn't have to be. There's right. eight, and they're so competitive. Going to post at 520, uh, just naming a few, the six, Wickedly Perfect, Bay Hirana for Doug O'Neill, the four, Wonderland by Night, three to one, E.T. Baird for Mike Rivas, the, the three, who I love, Jordy Y, four to one, Junior Alvarado for Wayne Catalano, just to name three right off the top of my head. Right, no, that uh, we got a kind of compact field of eight there, and... But no, that, you know, there's some, they're all nice fillies, and um, this race has had a lot of surprise winners the last few years. And for whatever, I don't know if it's the timing of the year, this early fall or whatever, but anything can happen with these two-year-old fillies. They're they're growing, the season's changing, anything can happen, and this race is wide open. They're they're all very nice fillies, a very nice field here. 
I, I, I agree with, I mean, I just, I broke out into a sweat when I started reading. I didn't even mention a grade three, which I had to be slapped for. It was a beautiful race indeed, sticking just to the grade one. But, you know, it's hard, it's hard to mention because there's so much action and so many great horses running at Keeneland. Even the undercard, the allowance, the maiden races are, 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 are something to behold. Trust me, if you haven't been, yeah. I'm glad, not to interrupt you, but I'm glad you said that. We, we've taken entries for three days in a row, for obviously for the fall star. We, I was talking to uh, some, of the, uh, some of the racing officials that work with me in the racing office today. Truly, the first three days of this fall meet, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we've, we're a bit overwhelmed at, at, at how the, the entries have come flying in. And I, I'm tr- I, I mean, I, don't pr- I could say this every year, but this year it seems like this is the best three opening days of the fall meet that I can ever, from not only the stakes, but even the maidens and the, and the allowance race, three other vans, two other vans, eight other vans. These are three fabulous, fabulous cards. And, and your listeners, I mean, we're, we're talking to some of, the, some of the best horse players in the country. If they can't bet on uh, these three cards the next three days, I don't know what to tell them. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to put three cards like this together of this caliber, Ed. I mean, you know what I mean? This is, mm-hmm. this is something. I don't know. It, it, it turned out a little better than we anticipated, to be honest with you, Ed. Short of Breeders' Cup and Derby Day, this is right there. Ben, i got to jump, and I'm going to hold your feet to the fire here. Sure. Are there any new faces and outfits shipping in for stalls and or riders to mention for the racing fans? you know, for, for us to be on the lookout for? You know, I mean, we've got a, uh, the, the, you know, the last couple of years, the, the top guys have been here, Le Peru, Gomez, Castellano, DeSormo, Mike Smith. But there's a couple of, a couple of not new riders, but they're new to Keeneland for whatever reason, like guys like Patrick Valenzuela. He's made a comeback this year. Mm-hmm. He's going to be at Keeneland. A guy by the name of Shane Sellers, he hasn't been racing in Kentucky for quite some time. He's back. So if that just a couple guys like that just adds adds that much more depth to the. This is a strong. It's a strong. It's as strong as Saratoga or Delmar because most of the top guys there in California, and we've got some of the top riders in the country just based in Kentucky. Lay Peru, Calvin Burrell, Robbie Alvarado. They call Kentucky their home. So you take our guys plus the top New York guys, top California guys, they're all here, Ed. This is unbelievable. This is where, this is where it really meets the, uh, the, the, the road meets the action. I have to ask you, the king of Chicago, Wayne Catalano in town, he's never lost for words every time they mic him up on TVG or even on screen. Wayne Catalano, I heard he's loaded for bear. Wayne Catalano is loaded for bear. He walked into my office one week ago. Something a trainer has never, ever said to me, and I've been a racing official for 20 years now. He walked right into my office, said, Mr. Ben, thank you for giving me stalls. I'm going to win the racing, the training title this fall at Keeneland. Looked me right in the eye and said that. Didn't say hello, good morning, have a nice day. Walked right up to me, said he's going to be leading trainer at Keeneland this fall. So there's a little inside information, Ed. Let's see if, uh, let's see how. <laughs> Let's see how good he is. But, and I tend to believe him. He is loaded for bear. Uh, Mr. Catalano was, uh, was a pleasure in the saddle. He's, he's never a loss for words. He's, uh, he's full of confidence. He's brimming, and he backs it up. And that's the most exciting. Uh, he, he had a longtime owner in Chicago he's actually parted ways with. But I think any time Catalano's hand touches a horse, uh, magic 
doth happen. And uh, looking forward to that. The King of Chicago can surprise you, and especially when he teams up with E.T. Baird, doubly watch out. Saturday, we kick up with six stakes, three grade ones, including the richest race to meet the $600,000 Shadwell Turf Mile and the first Arabian race in the history of Keeneland, correct? That is correct. There is actually, there's actually an Arabian filly named Sandwich that's in this race. She's nine for nine. She's never lost. She's like the, almost like the Zenyatta of Arabian. <laughs> and a lot of people were, were, were fearful that the race wouldn't fill because a lot of people didn't want to run against her. But it's a grade one Arabian race at Keeneland. I'm guessing this is the first Arabian race on a synthetic racetrack. So all in all, the race came together pretty light, nicely. I, I, I have to be honest. I don't follow Arabian racing, so I don't know a lot about it. But I did notice nine for nine. <laughs> so uh, you, you know, I, I noticed the exact same thing. I usually don't play mixed breeds, or I have a very good friend uh, who's the voice of River Downs, Pete Aiello, uh-huh. who follows the mule circuit and all the fair circuits, Arabians. Right. I have to say that I, I don't, but I'll enjoy it just the same. They're going to run for $50,000. I mean, this is incredible cooking. I mean, I can't believe it. It's the United Arab Emirates Cup, and it's for Arabian. It, I just can't wait to see it. I believe they're going to go a mile and a quarter. They are racing a mile and a quarter. And <laughs> You're going to get your money for a mile and a quarter shoot uh, that starts in front of the clubhouse, or uh, it, it, it's similar to the the, the the mile and a quarter shoot up there, like uh, Churchill Downs. And we don't run a lot of races out of that shoot, but they're going to do it. So we'll see. That'll be very interesting. Very. Six race Woodford Grade Three Hundred Thousand Dollar Big Duel with Attaboy Roy and Chamberlain Bridge. The horse for the course going to hook it up and cook it. You can bet the times will be quick. This is no doubt. I can't believe how tough this race came up. Uh, California flag, last year's Breeders' Cup champion, he showed up in here. You know, you mentioned uh, Attaboy Roy, won the, uh, won the grade two on Derby Day. This is his first race on the turf. Uh, Valerie Lund shipped him over to Keeneland last week with Calvin Burrell up. He worked on the turf course. She could not have been happier with his workout on the turf, this Attaboy Roy. Uh, Chamberlain Bridge loves the course. Um, Silver Timber won the stake on the turf uh, in, the, in the spring during spring at Keeneland. This race is uh, double tough. Any, this, this race, I can't believe how many good sprinters are in this race. It's going to be you know, very uh, exciting. I want to say only 100000 but <laughs> you know what I mean? It looks like about a half-million-dollar race. Oh, it, it is very tough, and it was very tough to handicap, which equates to great value for players. Seventh race, the Thoroughbred Club of America, grade two, very speedy Dr. Zick is in here, but you got a huge closer with a six-informed decision who is five for five. I'm going to call that a horse for a course at Keeneland and ran a huge race last time out at Prescott Downs. No question. She, I mean, she's a champion. She's a sprint champion, and she won this race last year. If you remember, Ed, at the inside the 16th pole last year in the same race, she was still last. I thought she had a problem. That's how far back she was and out all of a sudden, it was as if she was shot out of a cannon and just came roaring down the stretch on the, in the middle of the track and got up in the last possible jump. She's amazing. I look for more of the same. Prescott Downs, a compromise start, and informed decision came out with Lay Peru and just did her bidding down the lane and, and just got nasty with them. Right, eighth, right, no Eighth doubt. race is the, the Abu Dhabi First Lady Stakes. It's a great one, I do believe. One mile and a turf, three-year-olds and upward. I, I, I think... The public and I, I think we're going to be backing Proviso. Mike Smith and Billy Ma teaming up. Winner of the Great One, Diana at Saratoga. 
Right. She won a grade one down in Saratoga. She beat a, She won a grade one in California earlier in the spring. She beat older boys. Uh, she is on a roll right now. Uh, boy, this race is tough, too. That, that Philly wasted tears. She's won, like, she hasn't lost this year. And going back to last year, I think she's won maybe eight in a row. She is on a tear, and she won the Jenny Wiley over this course in the spring. The um, the uh, gotta have her's coming in from California. She just won a Grade Two at her last start, and uh, it's just another another solid race. There's about six of them that could jump up and win this race. Well, Ben, I feel horrible making you rehash, but we got two more races to talk about real quickly. The $400,000 ninth race on the card, the Dixiana Breeders Futurity, a Grade One mile and the sixteenth for two year olds. There we got maybe so, maybe be not, if I have that uh, correctly there with Mike Maker as the trainer. Uh, uh, Speedy Gelding, uh, the 10 major gain, Junior Alvarado and Catalano. That's who's already caught my eye. But it really comes up as another great race for the babies. Yeah, solid race. Solid. Again, this is another race we kind of, about a week ago, looked like it was going to be a short field. It came together nice. My stakes coordinator, Allison DeLuca, who happens to also be the racing secretary at Tampa Bay Downs. She stayed on the phones all this week, all week and uh, made a lot of calls. Uh, she really worked hard and put a lot of these races together, but especially these two-year-olds. It's hard to put these two-year-old races together. And, uh, no, I know my, I know Maker is high on uh, his colt. Catalano's high on his colt. And uh, the rough sailing, the Mike Stidham uh, colt, uh, uh, he ran a bang-up race in the Arlington, Washington, Maturity last start. So this – and then the, the – Oh, another horse I'm, I'm thinking could wake up is the Lou Breesey. He sure showed early class, early spring, one first time out of Keeneland and won the stake derby day over there at Churchill. And he kind of was off form, and I think he's had some issues, but I'm hearing maybe they've corrected some of those issues. So I think they're looking for Lou Breesey to wake up a little bit more uh, on Saturday. I, abso- I, I I neglected to mention Lubrissi and ran against Ken Theros three back, and Ken Theros has now been since retired due to injury. Ken Theros was the, the one horse at the time to be looking for. Lubrissi running second would make him number two, and he's just kind of went away, but now he is back, and what you're saying is really, really good information. A, a digressing question. Did Allison Luca, Allison Luca, was she a rider? I, then I, I pressed forward. I kind of thought she may have been in a saddle. Okay. In the 10th race, the $600,000 Shadwell Turf Mallow Grade 1 Compact, but ultra-competitive field. Big favoritism is going to be on Gio Ponte in this race. Gio Ponte, I mean, that horse has got major class. Now, this is a lot of people are wondering, why is he running this horse a mile? I'm not a trainer. I don't know why he's running him a mile. I'm guessing... Perhaps uh, he, he's maybe to look into looking to if he runs really huge, he's going to have another option. Okay, there's all, I don't think he's been getting any pace in these mile and a half, mile and three eighths race. I think he's looking for a race where there's a legitimate fast pace for this horse to run at. All summer long, Gio Ponte has not had any true real pace in these route races that that will come back to him. So. I think that, that's part of it, and, and, and sometimes those route horses, those mile-and-a-half horses, when they back them up to a mile, will like sharpen them up, pull a little more speed in them. I'm just guessing. That's my theory. Um, courageous Cat, first start uh, since Dubai. This Get Stormy horse, this horse is real off about six, seven in a row. He won the uh, Bryan Station over Keeneland's course last fall. Serious horse. This horse is kind of uh, flying under the radar, but he's a, he's a runner. First grade one race, so he's definitely going to be tested. 
you know, I looked at Gio Ponte, and I kept thinking to myself that uh, maybe a win isn't in order, but just a great effort, a good tuner-upper, and I'm kind of leaning towards society's chairman, Leigh Peru, and Adfield teaming up three for four in the money at Keeneland, a middle move last time out, and second off the layoff looks to be Adfield's story, uh, and that's a strong hit of 18% being a winner. So I like society's chairman against Gio Ponte, but I'm still rooting for Gio Ponte in my heart. Well, no, that's uh, that's not a bad pick, and, uh, you know, this is going to be a lot. There's plenty of speed in this race, so we'll see uh, if some of that speed can hold on or if these closers, uh, will, you know, if there's enough speed for the closers to really get up at the, in the last few jumps. Well, Ben, Keeneland runs Wednesday through Sunday uh, all the way through October 30th, and uh, you'll be averaging about $575,000 a day per day in purses, correct? That is correct. That's uh, that's that's not too bad. Uh, the purses are a little less uh, at Keeneland this fall than they have been in the past, but that's still a whole lot of money to run for uh, on a daily basis. Well, any time that anybody doesn't want them, just haven't got me the check. I'll be more than glad to take it. <laughs> Uh, wouldn't you like to own one of these uh, one of these horses and one of these five hundred or six hundred thousand uh, dollar? I'd like to own a string of them. Yeah, the heck with we'll own a string of them. We'll split it. Ben, on behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank you for your time for being with us tonight. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Wish you a successful meet and the best to you and yours on and off the track. Thanks a lot, sir. You're welcome at any time. Ben, it's been a pleasure. All right, it is time to head into a break. Hope you caught that, Mr. Ben Hoffman. He imparted some wisdom he had to read between the lines. Hope you wrote her down in pen. Time to head into a break. When we return, we're going to be talking some news from the world of racing and some final furlong handicapping here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award Program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. 
Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin it old school, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for joining us. Hope you got Ben Huffman. He's truly a class act. Great man of racing. Speaking of a class act, we got one online, the Cincinnati Kid. Kid, are you there? Hey, Eddie, what's good? You are, brother. You, because you have called, and I know we've got a few winners from you. I'm going to predict three. Hey, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping we can go three for three this weekend. Lead us on, brother. I'm going to start Friday at Keeneland. All the selections are at Keeneland, one of my okay. favorite places to handicap. Just mm-hmm. good value all the time. I'm going to go into the ninth race here to Darley Alcibiades. I'm taking the three-horse, Jordy Y, Junior Alvarado in the eyes for Wayne Catalano. Catalano always comes loaded for bear, and I think this one's just going to get better as the distances get longer. Just couldn't get up late in the Arlington-Washington Lassie. Mile and a 16th should fit this one nice. Decent work over to Keeneland Oval since shipping down from Arlington. Put a ring around this one, 4-1 to one currently on the morning line. I'm loving it. I'm right with you. Steady did the eighth pole last time. Jordy Y. Kid, I'm all over it right with you. Yes, sir. See, my second pick is going to Saturday at Keeneland. Sixth race, the Woodford State going five and a half. Furlongs on the turf. I like the six Chamberlain Bridge. I've always been a big fan of this runner. Jamie Terrio for Brett Calhoun has racked up over a million dollars in earnings over the lawn alone. Just loves these little turf sprints here coming off of a big effort at Parks Racing last time over the Labor Day weekend. Terrio fits this runner like a glove. Six wins from 12 starts at this distance. Hopefully we can get four to one on Chamberlain Bridge. Oh, if we do, we better take it now. This six-year-old gelding really looks the part. Two for three in the money at Keeneland and just is a winning machine. As uh, Ben said, wouldn't you like to have a couple of nice ones? I'd love to have one like Chamberlain Bridge. Yes, four sir. to one, I'll take it, kid. Yes, sir. See, my last one, I'm throwing out kind of a long shot here. I'm going to seem like a bit of a homer as well with this one. The ninth race, Dixiana Breeders Futurity. I'm going to the one conservative value here. Calvin Burrell picks up the mount for Tim Glyshaw. This one ran a decent effort last time in the cradle at River over the turf. Has a bullet work, a pair of bullet work since that race. Burrell gets on it, and I said after his run in the prep, if this horse ever figures it out, this one will be a big-time runner. Burrell picks up the mount. That really tells me that the horse may be live. 12-1 to 1 should be a decent price on conservative value in the breeder's futurity. 
That's anything but conservative. Last meet, the rail was winning at 22%. The race in the cradle uh, ran a beautiful second uh, just by having like that's better than 16 to 1. I think it's, uh, this is a two-year-old going. It's only going to get better and better. Tim Glyshaw is in the money 48% on the year. And uh, I agree with you here. I think a conservative value, uh, that race in the cradle sometimes is overlooked. Right. But, uh, if you want to mention a few, we've got Bourbon Bay, who didn't do too bad. Yeah, Bourbon Bay, uh Old Man Buck was, came out of there to be great at plays. We had some nice runners. Gleam of Hope. Mm-hmm. We had some real nice runners come out of that, especially since they got moved to the grass. And yep. I, I really love the bullet works on this one, conservative values. Best of nine over to Keeneland Poly Track, 5 eighths and 59. That's not heard of very often down there. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless it's a really nice runner. So let's hope for this Geldis son of Value Plus to really fire with Burrell to, on Saturday. All right, kid, we got three picks. That means three winners. I hope they wrote them down in pen. I'm hoping so. Thanks so much for your call. Thanks for your time, and I always look forward to hearing from you. All right, thanks for having me, Ed. No, thank you. All right, James, you've led me right on to some power handicapping. Let's start with the 7th of Keeneland, and let's go to Friday because there's just so much action to talk about here. In the 7th race, it's a mile on the turf, and it's a very nice allowance race in here. I, I like the seven. That, that's uh, Parasitas. Uh, Garrett Gomez, two to one for Todd Pletcher. Juan Enriquez uh, coming out of the $50,000 Kentucky Cup effort, uh, yielding on, on that course center on that day, was heavily bet in the three to one. Gomez in the irons definitely gets my call. That's Parasitas in the seventh race on Friday afternoon. On to race number eight at Keeneland. Race number eight at Keeneland, six furlongs, a great three, Phoenix. Ben was talking about, about all the action and all the great runners. In fact, he's right. I like the 11 that's canonized. Victor Espinosa, Ron Ellis, they are teaming up four to one on the outside. The only thing this four-year-old gelding ball to Baron's going to have to overcome, that is the 11 hole. But the best part about the poly track is it's as flat as a highway. So the 11 hole really doesn't hurt you. If you can actually just break and get in a, a contentious spot uh, right about the 3 ace pole, the 11 hole is not a really bad whipping. So canonized at 4-1, to one, Victor Espinosa in town for Ron Ellis. Brother-in-law to Paul and Marty McGee, both have been guests upon our show. Ron Ellis from California, good luck with canonized in the grade 3 Phoenix. Race 9 at Keeneland, the mile of 16 to Al Sabates, Darley Al Sabates. $400,000 is a grade one event. I'm going to box them up. I love the three Jordy Y. The kid said so, and it's four to one junior operato for the king of Chicago, Wayne Catalano. And then I like the six, wickedly perfect, Rafael Bejarano. Now, Ben didn't mention Rafael because that's where he started in Ohio and Kentucky mainly. Bejarano is back from California. Riding for Doug O'Neill, if you take a look, two wins and a nasty second. I'm going to tell you what, this two-year-old filly is wickedly tough and got a lot of speed. So I'm going to take wickedly perfect and box with Jordy Y in the Darley Alcibiades. Tenth race at Keeneland, rounding out the pick four for this day. I like the three that's include the cat, Freddie Lincoln, aboard for Wally DeLancey. Channing Hill off, and Freddie Lincoln, I think, is going to be a very nice rider. Dirt to all weather, DeLancey's 33% of the money. I like include the cat. You're getting eight to one in the 10th at Keeneland on Friday. Jumping to Saturday, we're going to start with the third race, and that is the Arabian race. And as Ben touched on, I don't know much about it either. I'm just not a big Arabian follower. But, in fact, I'm going to go with TM Superbird. 
I'm going to take Calvin Burrell, lifetime five, four, five in all of the five efforts. I think you're going to catch her. I think Burrell's going to be uh, game enough, and, and I don't see any real, real big closers in the Arabian races, but Sandwich is nine for nine, so yeah, something great's going to happen on this day, and uh, you're going to want to pay attention. But I'm going to take TM Superbird. Somebody's record's going to be tarnished, and I say Calvin Burrell knows his way around. That's the Arabian race, the third race at Keeneland. Race number six at Keeneland on Saturday, five and a half, the Woodford Grade Three, $100,000 race. They're going to go five and a half on this speedy turf. In here, you know, I, I was kind of torn between many, but I ended up with Silver Timber, Julian Lepru, and Chad Brown, who was our guest last week. Two for two in the money. Keeneland doesn't get any better debt. Has not raced in 52 days. Doesn't scare me, though, because on September 30th, Chad Brown got a bullet work of 48-3, and three, and anybody that came out of the two-dealage of Bobby Frankel, they've got my vote. Chad Brown tore him up in New York, and I say he's going to be heard from down at Keeneland. That's a sixth race. At Keeneland on Saturday, Silver Timber. Race number seven, six furlongs, the Thoroughbred Club of America, grade two event. Hard to believe it's a grade two. Informed decision got decimated at Prescott. Bumped, stumbled, circled the field. I see the same without the decimation part of getting nailed at the all around. This five-year-old mare by Menarcos is going to come flying. Julian Lepru, Jonathan Shepard. We got a mare for the course, five for five in the money at Keeneland. On the all-weather, 11 for 11 in the money, 10 of which are winners. So informed decision, you get my money in the 7th at Keeneland. On to race number 8 at Keeneland, a mile. It's the Abu Dhabi First Lady, and I go right to the 7 in this race. I couldn't look any further than Proviso. With Mike Smith riding Proviso, Bill Mott in town with Mike Smith teaming up. Just won the great one, Diana. Proviso. If, if, in fact, I, I'm seeing correctly here, runs very well for us, has not raced for more than two months, Mike Smith has got all the confidence in the world and all of my confidence as far as a rider could actually do. Ninth race at Keeneland, Dixiana Breeders Futurity, and in here I like the six, and that's Lou Brissy. And we talked about it a little bit. And Robbie Alvarado and Neil Howard, one for one at Keeneland, ran against Cantheris, who was the, the alpha runner, the alpha two-year-old, but since Cantharis has been put on the shelf and retired, I see Lou Brissy steps up. And you heard Ben say that he's hearing good things from the Neil Howard barn. So I'm going to take Lou Brissy in the ninth race at Keeneland. Tenth race, the mile, Shadwell mile, $600,000 up for a grab. I'm going to take society's chairman, Leigh and Roger Adfield, three for four in the money at Keeneland, made a middle move and was a beaten favorite last time out. I know Gio Ponte's in there. Nope. I haven't lost my marbles, at least to some degree, but I think Giopani might be looking for just a solid prep. So I'm going to go with society's chairman, but I'm boxing up with Giopani. At Belmont, the seventh of Belmont, guaranteed late pick four. In here, I go with the four. That's center divider, David Cohen, Christophe Clement. Go back two races ago, faced Patty Prado, and there is no Patty in here today. Center divider, you get my money. In the seventh at Belmont. Race number eight at Belmont, the grade one for Zet. Go to the rail, our Heat Lightning with Todd Pletcher. And the ninth race is the grade one champagne. $300,000 up for grabs for two year olds. I like the three. Uncle Mo, as our man Dickie Vital would say. Johnny Velasquez and Todd Pletcher won by 14 and a quarter lengths, and Uncle Mo is taking a whole lot of heat around the nation. 
Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. This week is no different. Winning ponies would like to thank our special guest, Ben Huffman, Racing Secretary at Keeneland, the Cincinnati Kid for calling in and passing out some winners, and you for tuning in. So until next week, enjoy the big weekend blowout before Breeders' Cup, and may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.